Hey everyone, I'm Courtney Harding, and you're listening to the Jazz Spotlight with Jan Ilonga. Episode 44. Welcome to the Jazz Spotlight, the podcast that gives you the insight and tools you need to be in the music industry today. Artists, authors, and top music industry experts give you actionable tips that will help you promote yourself the smart way. Here's your host, Jan Ilunga. Hey, what's up, everyone? Yanni Lunga here with the Jazz Potla Podcast, episode 44. I hope your day is going well and your week is going well, that you're having a fantastic week. And I'm super pumped about this new episode because it's simply epic. I mean, there is so much value in this episode and it's really for everyone because today we're going to talk about how to connect with influencers in the music industry, even if you have no contacts. If you have zero contacts, doesn't really matter. So this episode is really for everyone. Like if you're a music student about to graduate and you're about to enter the music industry and the music business world, and you're wondering how can you nurture relationships? How can you build your network and expand your network? Or maybe you're an independent musician who have been active for a couple of years, but you somehow still feel like an outsider. You feel like there are those people, those influencers that you would like to connect with. Or you're a veteran, like you've been performing for 20, 30, 40 years, and you feel like you want to expand your network. Perhaps you want to connect with new people outside of your city, of your country, your state, people from the other side of the world. And obviously with social media today, it's easier to do that. And there are so many great platforms to do that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we start to rock on, I want to give a couple of shout outs. And today to two people, to Taylor White and to ETZ underscore 1970. Guys, thank you so much for leaving rocking reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. I really appreciate it. And I also want to remind you that if you're listening to the podcast and you work or you run a Jets Club, you can be featured on the podcast and it's completely free. There is no hidden cost, nothing. It's something I want to do to help the Jets community. And in case you're looking for some examples, you want to learn more about what I'm talking about, you can listen to two episodes, to episode 42 and 43, where there was the Blue Note in Milano and episode 43, last week's episode, at the North Sea Jazz Club in Amsterdam. They had some great promos. They took us behind the scenes of those two great clubs. So if you want your club featured on the podcast, that's possible. Listen to those two examples and get in contact with me and I'll tell you those couple of things you need to know before we get your club on the podcast. All right, back to today's episode. So you heard, this is all about how to build a network of contacts, how to connect with influencers online. And my guest today, it's a rock star. I mean, it's so fun to have her on the podcast. She's the director of media strategy of Mazuka, and she's also been working in the music industry for, for many years. She was the music editor and indie correspondent at Billboard. She has worked with music startups. And she's here on the podcast to tell us more about how to build connections, about some platforms we can use to network with people in the music industry online, and also about the mistakes we 
absolutely have to avoid making when trying to connect with influencers. Like always, you can find the links of all the things we discuss in this episode at thejetspotlet.com slash episode 44. Here is how to connect with influencers in the music industry, even if you have zero contacts with Courtney Harding. Enjoy. Hey everyone, how's it going? I'm here with another great guest and this episode is really for everyone because today we're going to talk about how to build connections, how to network with influential people, with influencers in the music industry. And the good part or the great part, I should say, about this episode is that we're going to talk about how to start building connections, even if you don't have any connection whatsoever. And The guest I have here, it's so cool. I was talking with her actually before we started this interview and I read a post of her that she uh, recently uh, wrote on on Sonic Beats blog and I was like, that's so perfect. I have to get in touch with her and I'm glad she's here. So I'll tell you a little bit more about herself. She has worked with music startups like Soundrop and and Gumroad and she had been, uh, you know, writing and being the kind of independent musician, uh, how would we put it, correspondent for, for Billboard. And at the moment, she's the director of media strategy for the social music streaming app, Mazuka. I'm so happy to have on the podcast, Courtney Harding. Hey, Courtney, how's it going? Hi, good. Well, thank you for that really nice introduction. It's my pleasure to have you here and you're very welcome. You know, I kind of got stuck there for a moment because you you have done so many great things <laughs> and I'm like, okay, from which one should I start from? You know, it's, it's difficult when I have these kind of guests that have oh. done so much. And what I like about you, Courtney, is that at least in my opinion, you have done so much for the music industry and, and you... I think that already by reading your post, one can see that you're a very cool person and I really love talking with you before this interview. I had a very good time and I'm sure I'm going to have a great time talking with you for the podcast. So I I told the listeners a little bit about yourself, but can you tell us more about what you're doing now and maybe also tell us a bit more about Mazuka? Yeah, sure. So my background is was journalism. I was a reporter covering the indies and then I was an editor at Billboard. Uh, I left a couple of years ago because... I noticed that there was a need in the market for people who could work with startups, but who understood the music industry. And by that, I mean primarily the technical aspects of the musical industry, music industry, which is, uh, you know, they're complicated Mm -hmm. to say the least. So I started working with a bunch of different startups. Um, I've sort of carved out a space where I work with a lot of international startups, which is great because I get to travel and other people pay for it. (laughs) So that's exciting. Um, and what I'm doing right now is I'm working with a company called Mazuka. And if you want to check it out, it's at M-U-Z-O-O-K-A, so mazuka.com. Um, and basically, Mazuka is a couple different things. It's a music discovery site. So what you can do if you're an independent artist, and I would encourage all of your listeners that are artists to do this, um, you can upload your content for free. You create a profile, and then you encourage your followers and your fans to vote up your music. 
And then people who are just on the site to discover music can also vote for your songs. And as your music is surfaced sort of higher and higher up the charts, it catches the attention of our industry panel. Mm-hmm. Our industry panel right now is a lot of producers. Um, I'm working really hard on making it a little bit more diverse, both in terms of getting people who aren't producers and also getting more women and people in different parts of the world to join the platform. Um, the other uh, project that we have is we have something that we like to call Tinder for music. Uh, it won't get you a hookup with anyone. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> but <laughs> it could be probably not better, but it could also be good. Um, what it is, is basically the artist uploads their music. They pick 10 seconds of a song. They think that, you know, the best 10 seconds that they think, um, they go ahead and, you know, pick that. And then people can basically swipe uh, to decide whether they like the song or not. So if you like the song, you swipe it and it's added to a playlist, then you can hear the full track. So we've got a lot of sort of clever, creative things we're working on with this in terms of letting artists test out new music, maybe do some like secret releases. Uh, We've got some artists that will probably not be totally forthcoming about their identity on the site immediately, but could turn out to be kind of a cool surprise. Um, and we're also trying to work with labels who have a lot of back catalog that they're not monetizing. So if you look at how labels mostly work with catalog, it's kind of the same stuff over and over. And it was stuff that was big, you know, however many years ago mm-hmm. and still has an audience. So what we want to do is really take a look at the sort of long tail, to use a, a term that's been around for a while, Look at the long tail and see, you know, a lot of this stuff is probably pretty good, but it either was released at the wrong time, it was marketed the wrong way, um, the single didn't work out, it was any number of things, and really try to see if any of it can be resurfaced. So that's what we're working on right now. Um, And again, I would encourage everyone to go ahead and check out Mizuka and upload your content. Love it. You know, sounds very exciting. And guys, remember that you will find all the links to the things uh, Courtney and I talk about in the show notes. So don't worry if you miss a couple of links, you will find everything in the show notes. And yeah, Courtney, I was saying that, you know, you guys are doing great stuff. And I think it's a great opportunity. You mentioned not only for independent artists that get a new platform for promote their music and uh, possibly get it in front of the eyes and ears of professionals and, and producers, but also for record labels. So I think that really, guys, you should check out mazuka.com and, you know, sign up and start using it. And and in terms of, of Mazuka, what is the the maybe the biggest tip you would give to, to the listeners if they are new users? What is the biggest, biggest tip you would give them, piece of advice? Um. So I think that and this sort of goes into one of the things we, we were going to talk about, which is, mm-hmm. you know, how do you spread your message most effectively and how do you connect with influencers effectively? So Mazuka is only as good as you make it, I guess, is, is sort of the way to put it. So if you just upload your track and expect something to happen, it probably won't. So mm-hmm. what you need to do with Mazuka is upload your tracks, create a great profile, and that's the first step. And then you need to spread it to your networks and you need to have sort of a specific ask when you spread it to your networks. So, you know, Mazuka is based on, on votes. So for instance, you need to say something like, you know, Hey guys, 
uh, this is a Facebook post or a Tumblr post or whatever social media site you use, or you should technically be, you should probably be using all of them. <laughs> um, hey guys, uh, we just posted a track on Mizuka. It would be great if you could go listen and vote it up. Here's the link. Doesn't have to be, you know, complicated. Doesn't have to be anything mm-hmm. too crazy. But you want to make sure you have a really clear ask and a really clear destination. So, you know, asking people to check something out is probably not, in my mind, as good of an ask as it is to vote on something. Mm -hmm. Because that's a little bit more of an action. And checking something out is a little bit more nebulous. I feel like there's less urgency if it's just, hey, check this out, versus, hey, vote for this. This will help us. That's something that you can get your fans to really do and take sort of a, a, an action. And one of the other things we're building at Mizuka that I should have mentioned earlier, um, so we have this industry panel, which is these producers, and we're going to start building sort of a, a parallel panel, which is fan influencers. So, you know, we might potentially surface the next great A&R person. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are someone who votes a lot, pays a lot of attention, um, you know, and votes early for tracks that then become really big, you know, you can get points and move up the leaderboard doing all of that. So that's pretty cool. And I think, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just sort of bragging rights and maybe it's, you could get picked up as an AR, AR somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like, again, for the artists, it's really about making the ask and, and not being afraid to make it multiple times. Um, so I've worked a fair amount with social media stuff. The, the non-music project that I worked on for a big part of the last year has been uh, or was a, a crowdfunding platform for athletes. So I worked on that for a long time um, just as a side project. And one of the things that we had to really tell all the athletes was post this multiple times. Don't put it on Twitter once and think that's it. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at any successful crowdfunding campaign you know, you have to really post about it a lot. Um, the, the sort of hard line to walk is you want to post about it a lot because people often when they're looking at Twitter or looking at any, you know, social site, they're skimming it. I mean, I skim Twitter all day long, but I'm not processing a whole lot of it. I'm just kind of looking. I'm like, okay, uh-huh, this is happening. This is happening. Um, yeah. So, you know, you have to be posting in multiple time zones. You have to think, where are my fans? If I'm posting this during the day in the U.S., but I have Australian fans or, Chi- or you know, Chinese fans, it's the middle of the night. They're probably not going to see it. So you have to sort of think about all that and post about it enough so that people can see it, but it can't be the only thing that you're posting about. Mm-hmm. Because then people, I mean, I, I've done this with lots of people. If people only post about their crowdfunding campaign, I tend to unfollow them because that's boring to me. So you have to make sure that you're you're mixing the content that you're posting up enough so it doesn't look like you just begging for money all the time or begging <laughs> for votes all the time, but also that you don't just do it once and then sort of shrug and say, oh, well, that didn't work. On to the next thing. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I think that, that that's probably the key, especially for a very dynamic uh, social media like Twitter, where, you know, like there is things being posted, like every two seconds, there is something new. I think that it doesn't really, like, I don't think there is kind of 
the risk of posting too much on Twitter as long as, like you said, you diversify the content you you po- uh, you tweet about. So if you okay. if you have a very like wide array of of things you talk about on Twitter, I don't think there is there is a problem. I mean, people are gonna get used to the fact that you are someone that tweets every two seconds, but but I don't think they will necessarily unfollow unfollow you. But as Corny said, obviously. If you're just, you know, like a broken record yeah. <laughs> going over and over the same thing again, obviously, you know, <laughs> at some point people are going to get tired of you. And, and Courtney, we talk with like the topic of this episode is how to connect and how to, especially to connect with influencers when you have no contact whatsoever. So what, what do you think is the first step? How do you, how do you get started in this building your network when you don't have any any contact like what are the things uh, for example new musicians or you know music students that are about to graduate and want to really go in the music business what they should think about even before they start connecting with people sure so you know you might think that you don't have any connections but you might do you might actually have some and you don't know about them so what i've always done in the past um, is I sit down and I make, I mean, I've done this on paper. You, you don't have to do it on paper like I have, but I basically make a list of everyone that I know and everyone that they're kind of connected to in that space. This is really good on LinkedIn. I, I did this when I was younger when LinkedIn didn't exist, but if you go on LinkedIn and start going through and looking at who am I connected to now or, or Facebook um, Twitter, I think is a little bit, you know, it's, it's so easy to follow people on Twitter um, and follow, you know, follow back. Like you're generally not that connected to the people on Twitter, but LinkedIn and Facebook, theoretically, you should be kind of a little bit more connected. So what I would do is say, you know, who, so first of all, just, just to back up, I would figure out a list of targets. So if you're looking, so Connecting to influencers is a huge universe, right? It's broad, it's nebulous. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would do is figure out a few goals and then a few people who could help you with those goals. So let's say I'm an artist. I live in New York City. I've been playing locally in New York, you know, and my goal is to do a tour of the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, a, that's, I think, a reasonable goal. I think that's a very reasonable thing to, to sort of have as a step. So, okay, so I don't know anyone outside of New York. Fine. Well, so let me try to think of, you know, who, where are the venues that I want to play at? And be realistic. You know, you're not going to play at arenas your first tour. <laughs> you are going to play at coffee shops or smaller bars. So, you know, maybe people who are similar to you, people who you've played with before, research, you know, where they play in these other cities. Then find out who the booking person is for each of these clubs. And then put that in your LinkedIn or or go through your network and try to figure out who might know them. Now, you know, sometimes no one does, and then you sort of have to go from there. But I guarantee you a lot of the time you will know people who know people. Mm-hmm. And then you just reach out to that person and you make the ask and it, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy complicated. It doesn't have to be a big deal. You can just say to this person, Hey, you know, I'm trying to do this tour. I see that, you know, such and such, do you mind doing an introduction or do you mind if I use your name? And then you can reach out to the person that way. Um, 
so I think really a lot of it is figuring out who do I already know and then figure out what other, like what other tools do I have to reach out to these people? So maybe uh, you went to college with this person. You, you might've gone to the same college or university as this person, but you know, even if you went at different times, you can still say, Hey, we went to the same college. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as a woman in technology, there are a lot of women in tech meetups or groups or email listservs. So I've always gone in with, with sort of that. Um, if you are, you know, any, any commonalities you might have with whoever you're trying to reach, I think that's always a good thing. So, you know, that's the first thing I would, I would do. And then, you know, the, it's not the worst thing on earth to send someone an email if you know the right ask. So, you know, you can pitch yourself and say, you know, what I always do is pitch myself and say, hey, you know, I'm sorry for the cold email. I found your information on LinkedIn or in Google. And it's pretty easy to find people's emails in Google if you just try a bunch of options. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, just say, I'm, this is what I am asking for. Uh, You know, I think you might be the right person for this. And you never know, as long as you make a compelling ask, there's a decent chance you'll get a response. Yeah, and you know, listening to you, it sounds a bit like a sort of a six degrees of separation, no? Yeah. Kind of process that you think about who you know and kind of trying to uh, find the links that connect the dot. And and it's a very it's a very good strategy actually. And you know, to think about the things you have in common because you you started right with the perfect thing that you said. Well, maybe you actually have the connection, but you kind of don't know. So you kind of you don't know, kind of. How to how to you know what to leverage, but in a, in a way you already have some common ground with the person you want to connect with, or you know the people you want to connect with. It's it's a it's a great tip, and and also about the not be afraid to to getting in touch with people. I mean, let's face it, you and I like <laughs> I I just sent you well in this case was uh, on Twitter, just send you a tweet. Hey, Corny, like loved loved your post, and you know would you like to. Like, can I have, I think maybe I ask you, ah, can you follow so I can direct message you? But that's, I think it's, it's as easy as that. I think sometimes, uh, we have the, you know, the, 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 we think that, ah, I must be so, you know, what kind of email I have to send to get in touch with influencers. Sometimes, like you said, it's enough to, to, to be spontaneous and say, like who you are, or even better if you have someone in common with that person or can be someone you know, or some uh, you met at a conference, or something like that, you went to the same high school, you met that great example. I think it's very, it's very good. And, and obviously, I'm sure that when you, you're very active online, I follow you, especially on Twitter, at Courtney Harding. <laughs> and obviously, I'm sure that when you look, look across different social media, sometimes you maybe also look at them with this in mind. So with the networking aspect in mind, and the, you know, looking for connections aspect in mind. And, and when you, when you look at people in the music industry, and maybe you see some especially independent artists that are trying to connect with influencers, and maybe also with you, what do you think are the maybe the biggest mistakes you see or the common mistakes you see making? Oh, boy. Um, the well, top, maybe the top three. I'm sure there are a bunch of them, but yeah, what are those that say, you really see? God, there's a lot of them. Um, all right, so first of all, don't 
spam people. Mm -hmm. You know, I see this on Twitter a lot and I always block people who do this on Twitter when all I get is a link to your band. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care. Don't, (laughs) don't do that. I mean, I understand it's easy to do, but it's, it's like easy, but you're not going to get any reward out of it. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? So don't, don't spam people. Here's the thing. Do your homework. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest thing that would drive me nuts, especially when I was at Billboard. So I would get pitched all day. Like, I was the music editor at Billboard. I would get pitched all day long. Now, Billboard is a business publication, right? It's mm-hmm. an industry publication. It's not, you know, there are publications that write about just artist profiles, and that's great. But, you know, Billboard is a essentially a business publication. So if you're just sending me a pitch that's like, hey, we're a cool band, check us out. I mean, that's useless to me. I don't care. I don't care that you're a cool band. What I care mm. about is, hey, we're a cool band, and we've partnered with a new startup to do a really innovative uh, distribution deal where it works like this. That's a cool pitch. That's something where I... You know, and even if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, maybe I, you know, don't have any room in the magazine. Maybe I've already done a story similar to that. Like, it's still gonna, you're, I'm gonna remember you much more than the person who just put me on a zillion spam lists <laughs> about stuff that was irrelevant to me. So that's, that's a big thing. If you say to me, hey, I noticed that you wrote about this band or that you tweeted about this band, we have toured with them. That's, that's pretty good. I'm probably much more likely to be interested in you because you are similar to something that I already like. So what I would say is it's really easy to spam people. Don't do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's lazy. It's, it makes you look lazy and unfocused. Um, there are, you know, people think that they can go to a conference and just shove CDs in people's hands and that that's how they're going to get discovered. And that's really not. You're just going to waste your money and your CD is going to get thrown in the trash. I've seen it happen. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> don't do it. You know, don't, don't just send random email blasts to people. Don't put people on your newsletter, on your news list, asking them first. Be really, really focused. On Twitter, definitely. So, you know, I actually unfollowed someone for this a few days ago because it was so annoying. This woman who works for a charity, which is, it's a very good charity. Nothing against her or the charity. Every tweet she posted for 20 minutes, in a, like 20 tweets in a row, was, hey, at such and such, can you support our charity with a link? <laughs> so I'm looking through my Twitter feed trying to get news and information, and all I see is this woman tweeting at celebrities. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, if, and I unfollowed her. And, you know, if you're going to reach out to celebrities which can be smart and we can talk about that in a minute you know don't don't sort of spread it to your entire list Mm -hmm. because that's just a really like rookie mistake so don't do that yeah i would it's it's a hard balance to strike between being too timid and being really spammy um so yeah i mean it's it's not easy but i would definitely say you know don't don't be annoying (laughs) like don't be a pest don't bug people. But at the same time, you can follow up with people. What, what, I would, what I usually say is it's the rule of three, right? Mm-hmm. So 
if I'm sending someone an email, because I do, I do this for Mizuka, right? I do partnerships. So, or I pitch other journalists. So I, let's say I send out a pitch on Tuesday. I send a pitch. I wait a week. If I don't hear anything, I just send a follow-up. Just checking, hey, just checking back. Wanted to see if you saw this and if you had questions. And then I give it another week. And then I maybe send one more email. Just wanted to check in. Thanks. And that's kind of it. You know, don't, don't email people all the time. Mm -hmm. Don't call, don't call people. I mean, really don't call people. It's annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just, just find the balance between not too timid and not too, too much of a pain and do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, f first thing, uh, you know, if the woman of the charity is listening, I'm sorry, but you know you kind of deserve it if, if that's the way you pro, you kind of promote the charity. But you, you know, yeah. I think that was a great example because you can have the best intentions ever, but you should also think at the end of the day, what is there for the you know what it's in for the people you're trying to reach out. So also when you talked about billboard, you really made it clear that what you like and you know publications and people are looking for it's not like it's not the pitch because you get hundreds and hundreds every day but it's something that makes you go like okay that's very interesting that's that's something a bit you know out of the ordinary that's something unique that's something so crazy that we have to check it out or ah that's something that could actually help you know help the publication or it really it, like it really depends also from the goals you have and you had a very good point when you talked about this that you know you really have to have goals in mind and I think that once you you put some goals in places they also help you you know plan a, and put in place a, a strategy that helps you move and and again really try to think about yeah, sure, you want maybe to uh, get geeks uh, on the East Coast to, to stay with your example, but you have also to think, what do you have to, to offer to the venues in this case? What do they have to benefit from, you know, booking you for for a gig? And and you mentioned uh, a pitch like that you, in your case, for work, and it's something that you also talked about in your post about the importance of developing uh, a specific pitch. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, no, that's actually such a good point. So, you know, yeah, in your pitch, you should say, so, you know, let's, let's just keep going with the, the tour booking example. So, you know, don't just say, hey, I'm a musician. I play in New York. I play this type of music and I want to play at your venue because why should I book you at my venue? But if you say, you know, I play in New York, I, um, I usually get 200 people at my shows. Uh, you know, I'm... I've been played on the radio, even if it's college radio, even if it's, you know, something small, uh, I've been played on college radio in your town. So I have followers, um, you know, on Facebook, I have this many friends who are in your town, uh, on, you know, other platforms you can, you can see on some platforms where your followers are. So, you know, you can say, I've got this many followers in your town assume that not all of them will come out, but some of them will come out. Uh, you know, I've, my album is for sale in these places in your town, like any sort of, you know, basically at the end of the day, the venue owner just wants to make money. So if you can go to them and say, I, I can probably bring this many people to your bar and they'll buy drinks and they'll buy food and they'll hang out. Then that's, 
you know, that's an important sell for them. <laughs> they don't care that you're a good musician at the end of the day. They want to cover their costs. They have costs too. So you know, think of it like that. Think of what, what can I offer this person? You know, some of the, the things that I've done in terms of, so I haven't actually applied for a job in a really, really long time. I don't think it's, it's been like 10 years since I've like filled out a job application or sent a resume somewhere. And half the time, it's not even like a job that is open. So what I, I've done is I've found startups that I like and that I think could use my help. And then I just write them an email and I basically say, hey, uh, here's what I do. Here's how I could help you. And here's why I think you're interesting. And that's pretty much how I get most of my jobs. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's clearly like, here's what I have to offer you. Um, so yeah, I think, so one of the things that going back a little bit to the social media stuff, you know, don't randomly reach out to celebrities. Cause that's, I mean, first of all, they don't manage their own social media accounts and, you know, they get tons of people hitting them up every day. So that's, you know, kind of boring. But if there are celebrities that you have a connection to, then you can reach out to them and, uh, you know, use that connection. So not a, not a music example, but we had a, a girl that I worked with on that crowdfunding site who was from the Bronx. And she was a huge uh, New York Yankees baseball fan. And their stadium is in the Bronx. And She's, uh, she, she's Dominican and Puerto Rican, and a lot of the players on that team are from one of those two countries. So when she reached out to them, it wasn't like, hey, baseball player, check my crowdfunding campaign out, because why would they care? It was like, hey, baseball player, I'm a Dominican girl from the Bronx, your home, your home country, your hometown, check my crowdfunding campaign out, right? So like, make the connection. It doesn't have to be like, you know, you know this person or you know someone who knows this person, it can be like, we're from the same hometown. We went to the same high school. Uh, you and I have this thing in common. You know, I, I'm a big fan of your team. I'm a big fan of your music. I'm a big fan of anything. Like, you know, I think, again, depending on the artist, because some of them just get a ton of people reaching out to them. But if it's an artist that's not crazy huge, and you reach out and say, you were a musical inspiration to me. Do you mind helping me? I think a lot of artists are kind of touched by that. And they're generally happy to help. Um, obviously, you know, Jay-Z, maybe not so much. But, um, you know, any, any artist that's not big would probably be okay with, with helping you. So it's that type of being really specific about your ask and being really specific in the pitch, uh, I think, is really important. And that's you know, that goes for, for reaching out to people on, on Twitter or via email or Tumblr or Instagram or anything. Yeah, I like I love I love your answer. And I wanted to comment also on something that you said earlier that I think ties perfectly with this, that it's do your homework. So do a bit of research before getting in touch with the person you want to connect with. And I think that's that's great, because once you you know more about the person, then you know you know what what buttons to press what to pitch what you know what gets their attention what you know make you stand out from the maybe uh, dozens or hundreds of emails they get every day and and the example you made of the crowdfunding campaign it doesn't have to be any, anything you know crazy it can be something like being from the same country same like hometown 
going have gone to the same high school, some have met at a conference, something like that. I think that's once you you do your homework and you kind of uh, work on your pitch, then you really know what to leverage and what to maybe hold back because it's not that you have to to say everything about, <laughs> about for example, if you're pitching for a gig at a venue, it's not that you have to say everything you know, from the first time you played guitar at the age of five until today, that's maybe not the case. So I think it's, it's definitely worth it. And, and we have been talking about social media because obviously social media today are a great tool for getting in touch with people around the world. And, and you have in your post, you had a, a point that was really about, you know, the importance of, of being smart about social media. And that in a way have already come up now that we've been talking but can you tell us a bit more about this about the you know the idea of of what do you think it's a kind of smart thing to do on social media and also about maybe websites uh, and social media you you think are great for connecting with influencers sure so the the thing to remember so here's the thing you should do Ask, look at your social media feeds. So look at who you follow on Twitter. Look at who you are friends with on Facebook. Look at who you follow on Instagram. Ask yourself why you follow these people. I'm guessing for the most part, it's not because you, you want to see someone begging uh, for crowdfunding support every five minutes. Mm-hmm. You follow people because generally, not always, because you get something interesting from following them. So I follow eh, 500-ish people on Twitter. And most of them I follow because they post either, either they're friends of mine in real life, and I like to see what they're up to. Mm-hmm. They post really interesting news stuff. They post interesting stuff on topics that I'm interested in. They post funny pictures of their cat. Like, you know, it, it ranges from I post this, I follow this person because they post really great information about politics mm-hmm. and current affairs to this guy puts costumes on his cat and they're great and they make me laugh. So, you know, the point is like, what, what can you give people that is interesting to them beyond the sort of usual stuff that a lot of artists tweet about, which is where they're playing a gig or their album or, you know, so I would say, look, think about what you can do, whether it's sharing links to interesting articles, whether it's pictures, whether it's, you know, anything, make sure that you've curated a feed Mm -hmm. that is enjoyable to read. Um, And that's, again, that's not easy to do, right? You kind of have to be strategic about it. But if you sort of put yourself in the other person's shoes and say, yeah, you know, I really don't just want to look at a feed that's all, here are my tour dates and here's my album, you know, you can tweet, you know, one great thing to do is take a look at all the bands that you are interested in potentially collaborating with. Follow them all on, on whatever social media platform and then share their stuff. So, you know, that's a nice way to sort of build friendships, build relationships, build mm-hmm. sort of reciprocity um, and also a way to make your feed a little bit more interesting. So, you know, just, you know, and again, for your for your other, for like your your Instagram feed or for your Tumblr feed, if you, if you decide to use those platforms, just put stuff out there that's fun. Like it doesn't have to be all about your music. Some mm-hmm. of the Instagrams that I really like that artists do, 
half of it, it's just like, here's a picture of a cool sunset that I saw. Here's a picture of like a funny outfit that my friend is wearing. It just make it very personable and personality driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, when you work in things like I need help booking a gig in Boston or I need to raise $500 so I can finish recording my album, then it just doesn't look like, oh, I have this just so I'm, I can beg for things. It's <laughs> like, okay, I like this guy. I follow him or I like this guy or gal. I follow them on social. So yeah, I'll chip in. I'll be part of this sort of interesting community that this person has built. So, I mean, it's... It's again, it's not easy. I mean, there's a reason people are social media professionals and get paid salaries to do this because it's not easy, especially if you're someone that it doesn't come to naturally. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to work at it. You really do have to spend time on it. And I understand for a lot of artists that's frustrating because they'd rather be doing music. But at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. Like, look, you don't have to do social media, but it will kind of handicap you in a way. Yeah. So if you truly don't care, if you truly hate it, and you just want to make music, that's fine. That's your right. But understand that that means you might not get certain opportunities. You might not get certain types of attention. And and again, that's okay. Just know that and accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that in terms of like platforms that you should use, obviously Mazooka, haha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my pitch. Um, yeah, Mazooka's great. Uh, I think for the bigger platforms, Twitter, huge. Facebook is huge. Facebook is frustrating and annoying, and they change the algorithm every five minutes, mm. and it's, ugh. But it's where people are. Um, Tumblr and Instagram are a little bit more dependent on who your fan base is. So if you are looking for an audience that's in their late 30s, early 40s, uh, you probably don't need to do Tumblr. Mm -hmm. If you have an audience that's in their teens and 20s, you really need to be on Tumblr, Um, especially if your audience is female. Like young women are huge on Tumblr. Um, We've seen cases in the U.S. where artists or movies or products have really broken because they're on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I mean, yeah, it kind of depends on your audience. Again, if your audience is younger, yeah, Instagram's probably good. And then there's there's platforms like Snapchat, which if you have a, a teen and college-age audience and you are kind of good at using it, like, that's a great one. I've seen festivals do really cool stuff on Snapchat. Um, you know, there's... And there's a lot of niche platforms as well. So if you're in Russia, um, obviously Facebook isn't as huge there. But um, oh man, what's it? V V V Contact or something? Um, I'm messing that up. But there's <laughs> there's sort of a specific Facebook for Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in China, obviously it's like the Chinese version of Twitter, Weibo, the Chinese version of this. You know. So again, like. I'm speaking from like a Western American perspective, but you get the drift, yeah. right? Um, the other thing with these platforms is, you know, at least for for Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, is they all use hashtags. So be smart about it and be, oh, yeah, be smart about the hashtags and be opportunistic. So look at current events, look at things that are going on, 
And if they make sense, and if you can do it in a way that is sensitive and won't make you come across like a jerk, um, go for it. Like, you know, you might get some blowback, you might get some pushback, but you might also get a lot of attention. So be careful because it's really uncharted territory. And we've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of brands who try to do sort of commentary on current affairs get just really shredded for it. But I think if it's sincere, then you can you can go ahead and give it a shot. So you would say to to kind of look for uh, for trend uh, current hashtags and interact with that. So to kind of become part of that micro world. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, someone that I've worked with. So this is a young woman who is a fantastic singer songwriter. She's in her early 20s and she's really lovely. And she's a cancer survivor. And she had cancer as a teenager and, and survived. But one of her best friends, who was this guy that she was close friends with and dated, um, also had cancer. They met when they were in treatment together. And he unfortunately didn't survive. So she wrote a number of songs about that. She has a really beautiful album about it that she wrote as a tribute to him and, and sort of all of her feelings. And earlier this year in the U.S., and I think it came out a lot of places, there was a film that basically was a very similar story to that that got huge pickup in the teenage world, and particularly teenage girls. So I basically said to her, I was like, look, you know, this is your comfort level is what comes first. But if you are comfortable you know, this is something that I think a lot of these girls who really love this movie would be interested in and would relate to. So she went out and she sort of worked with the author of this book and with people who were sort of the fan communities and they helped her spread her message because it was, I mean, it's, it's hard, but it was very sincere. So that's kind of the place that you can go. Um, don't just jump on something like if there's a an act of violence somewhere, don't jump on that and be like, hey, I wrote a story about I wrote a song about how guns are bad. Like that's a little too that's that's kind of icky. Don't do that. But if there's a sincere connection for, you know, something that you have created that fits in with something that's part of the broader discussion, you know, in America, there is an election uh, next week. So, you know, if you wrote a song about politics or voting, uh, I don't know why you would, because those are boring topics, but <laughs> let's say you did. Maybe you're like a Woody Guthrie type. Like, feel free to spread that. Feel free to say, like, hey, guys, it's election day. Remember to vote. Here's a song I wrote about the importance of voting, which I'm sure would be kind of a boring song, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll end it on that note. <laughs> Yeah, no, but you know, I think you you made your your point, and I think it's very important to to kind of ponder every decision, and that's why it's important to you know to think about the goals you want to reach and have a specific plan in mind. And Courtney, if people would like to uh, connect with you online, what what are the the places where they can connect with you? Okay, um, Twitter is the best place because I'm on Twitter a fair amount. My Twitter is at Courtney Harding and Courtney is spelled C-O-R-T-N-E-Y. Harding is H-A-R-D-I-N-G. So at Courtney Harding on Twitter. Um, I'm also, that's my name on Instagram as well. Um, I, I post more sort of music business content on Twitter, but if you want pictures of my dog who's currently losing her mind right now, uh, or pictures of like places I travel to or food, um, then you can feel free to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, my dog is cute. 
and I go some, I go cool places. So yeah. Um, I, I don't really have a Tumblr account that I use that often cause I'm, you know, much older than 14. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I Google me, I'm always posting stuff, random places. Sometimes I tweet about it. Um, and I have my own podcast, so we'll do podcast reciprocity. Um, my podcast is called the upward spiral. It is hosted by myself and my good friend, Kyle Balin. Um, we talk about music and tech and I rant and rave about music tech and why I hate CDs. Um, and you can find that we actually just put a new episode out today, which is very exciting. We took a hiatus over the summer that then sort of turned into a hiatus over the fall because uh, Kyle moved uh, and got a new job. So we had to take some time, but we are back. We are putting out new episodes. It is very exciting. So you can, if you like to listening to me, which I don't know why you would, but if you're crazy and you like listening to me, you can hear a lot more of me on the upward spiral. That's very cool. Courtney. Thank you so much. And by the way, you mentioned Kyle. Kyle is going to be on the podcast guys. So we're going to hear more about the podcast also from Kyle and Really, make sure to follow Courtney on Twitter at Courtney Harding, on Instagram to listen to the podcast. And again, you will find all the links in the show notes. Courtney, thank you so much for being here on the show and for giving out some tips about how to connect with people in the music industry. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. All right, we are back. First thing first, Courtney's Thank you so much for simply rocking on the podcast. It was so much fun having you on the show. And thank you very much for the great tips and advice you gave us. And you told us how to build connections, how to connect with influencers, and also for sharing some of the top platforms we can start using now to build our network and expand our network. Okay, we've talked about connecting networking so if you haven't yet i would like you to connect with me with the jazz spotlight you can find me on facebook at facebook.com slash jet spotlight and then also on twitter i'm really active on twitter so you can connect with me there at jazz spotlight and i'm also on instagram now the jazz spotlight has arrived on instagram and you can find me on instagram.com slash the underscore jazz underscore spotlight or if you are using the instagram app just write the underscore jazz underscore spotlight i'd love to connect with you and i can't wait to expand my network and help you expand yours so guys about the next episode it's gonna be as awesome as this one because on the next episode we're gonna talk about apps and more specifically about how you can build your own music app, an app that promotes your music, your band, and it also helps you make more money. All of this without the need of being any programming wizard, nothing at all. There are some tools out there, some great tools that really make it so easy to build an app that it's simply ridiculous. It's really easy and it's awesome. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong when I say ridiculous. It's ridiculous in a very positive way. And I can't wait to bring you that episode. I'm sure that episode is going to light some sparks in your head because if you don't have an app, you probably will think about it again. And maybe you're going to launch your own app very soon or maybe as a new year resolution for next year, you're gonna. that's going to be one of those. So to launch your your own app and in case you are wondering yeah why should i have an app or what are the pros and cons of having your own app you're gonna hear more about that 
in a couple of days on Thursdays. For now, if you are new to the Jet Spotlight, you can find all the previous episodes at thejetspotlight.com slash podcast. And if you have been with me in the past, you know, like always, thank you so much for your support. And why don't you go to thejetspotlight.com slash show to the iTunes page of the podcast and leave a review and rating. And if you do, please send me a tweet so I can see it and I can thank you personally, not only on Twitter, but also here on the podcast. I'm Yanni Lunga and you've listened to the Jazz Potlet Podcast. Thank you for listening and talk to you in a couple of days. Take care.